Welcome to Ladies Who Launch, not your average business podcast. Dropping every other Wednesday, Alyssa and Dakota are two successful and opinionated marketing entrepreneurs engaging in insightful conversations with industry thought leaders, as well as casual conversations surrounding our lives as entrepreneurs. Welcome back to another episode of Ladies Who Launch. And today we are back in the pandemic world of Zoom meetings. Um, Dakota and I are just like super popular that we can't possibly meet. So here we are on Zoom and it feels like old times, doesn't it? Totally does. I kind of like it though, because it it is more efficient to be honest. And like, honest, that's what we're going to be talking about today anyway. Yeah, it is interesting how uh, it's quick to just jump on a, to record these on Zoom as opposed to when, well, of course, when we get together and try to record in person, it's always a cluster because neither one of us are remotely bright when it comes to um, dealing with audacity and setting up microphones. It always seems to be a problem. So <laughs> here we are. But yes, we are going to talk about efficiency and um, some productivity tips for everyone as we, sort of move into the I don't know the new the new digital digital age of society and work as we sort of um restructure and revision how we are all working these days and what yes. that like and I think Dakota and I have um found some things that are working well to help us be more efficient and and productive yes. and um and we may not, I mean, I know we recorded an episode on AI and ChatGPT like a few months ago, but I think our opinions have maybe not changed, but evolved um, in a more positive sure. angle on that. Absolutely. Do you want to kick off with that? Talking about our... Yeah, like I think I would I would really personally like to talk a little bit about adaptation and scaling and growth for a minute. Um, I think... Anytime new tech comes out, just like when life changes happen, abrupt life changes that really are being um, talked about in a way that they're going to completely change something, um, it can always be really hard to take, right? It's it's definitely puts us into um, fight or flight mode, makes us a little freaked out um, and makes us question well, how is this going to impact me? So whether it's from a business standpoint or a life standpoint, especially since in with AI in particular, AI has been the focal point of many news stories and, and social medias and, and the topic of conversation now for a while. And it really, really started to take effect and come into play last year, right after we just finished going through a global pandemic. So I think part of the reason people are like, oh my God, another thing is threefold. One, we just finished going through this crazy life change that changed our world completely. Two, the news and so many other sources are now saying, and experts and and industry leaders are now saying, they're throwing out a lot of content onto the internet saying, you better pivot your business. Otherwise, you're going to fail. You're going to close. It's going to change everything. It's going to shut people down. It's going to put people out of jobs. It's a lot of fear mongering. And then the third thing is 
for those of for those of you who have the ability to take a step back and say, okay, like thanks for all the noise, but I'm just gonna cut through that for a minute and and sit with this. It's still not like entirely. Um, it's it, it's still a little scary, you know, because it is gonna impact. Like we're all sound minded people. It is gonna impact our our businesses and our world. And AI, I will say, has already impacted our world. Like if you look at the autom- automation of tellers in our banks, I think I brought this up on our last episode that we talked about this. Um, if you look at like the automation of ordering a McDonald's order, um, this has already taken hold of our of our um, society. So I think the first thing I would encourage everyone to do, rather than panic, because Let's be honest. While there's there's a place for panic and there's a place for feelings and validation should really always be part of it and you know the ability to think through things, panicking is pretty unproductive. So what I would say, especially if you work in tech or social media or marketing or anything that tech touches, which is basically everything, I think it's important for leaders and solopreneurs and entrepreneurs and really anybody who's kind of running the show to look at first and foremost, okay, so how is this going to impact my business? And consider too, like if you work in social media, TikTok is always changing. Instagram is always changing. Social is always changing. So like what makes this any different? Is it really that scary? Maybe it's just another tool. And just start to think about, well, maybe could this help me? Is this something that could actually support my everyday hustle? I hate that word, but it's the only one that came to mind. Um, is this something that can actually help me scale my business? Because at the end of the day, the the beautiful thing about AI is that that's kind of what it's there for. It's It's there to support us in being more efficient. It's there to save people money. It's there to help people grow. Um... So those were kind of my initial thoughts. And I'd like to get Alyssa's take on this, but then I will definitely dive into some amazing feedback and conversations I've had with clients, which for those of you who are panicking, and again, I see you, I hear you. um, This is from like my client's mouth. So I will uh, give a bit of a rundown about what my clients have been saying. But that's kind of my initial thoughts is, how can you look at this as a positive rather than shaking in your boots and retreating into a corner with with a bottle of wine? It's so true. And I mean, I, I do understand the sort of initial panic and, and there obviously is ethical and moral questions uh, around AI as we, as we move further into that landscape over the next decades or whatever. Um, But we need to be, as, as you were sort of talking about with the entrepreneurs and solopreneurs and all that, we need to be leaders in this space. And I think we need to, prevent the panic and we need to be able to discuss rationally with whether it's clients or colleagues or bosses or whomever the the benefits the pros cons all that around ai and and its its effectiveness and its um issues because if we feeding if if we're feeding into the panic we're actually just enhancing and making it all worse because if people look to us and see that we're like quote unquote freaked out about it then that's just going to incite more panic so i'm a big 
I mean, I know I've talked about this before on many episodes that I'm not a huge lover of the social media society or the social media landscape that we all exist in now. And I think there's way too much pressure put on businesses in particular to um, to have the perfect social feeds and be on social all this time, blah, blah, blah. But I was also an early adopter to all of these platforms. And uh, I think I was on, like, I, I think my start date on Twitter was like 2009 when, when Twitter like first launched. And <laughs> I have a TikTok account for my business, even though I don't technically post on TikTok. I obviously need to be on these apps to be able to provide qualified advice and recommendations to clients and people that I know. Like if I'm not using it or I'm not on it, how can I possibly understand? So, well, I may not love this sort of influencer society that it's created. I also understand that we need to lean into these new initiatives and AI is one of those. And I have been an early adopter to the ChatGPT world from a communications perspective, because again, you could be communicators like screaming from the top of the hills that it's going to take all our jobs away and blah, blah, blah. There's lots of things that are going to take away comms jobs in the next two decades. And I could go on about that for 20 minutes, but ChatGPT may be one of them, but there's lots of things that are going to um, eliminate sort of comms or PR as an actual... um, profession industry yeah but um i have found by utilizing it and how i utilize chat gpt and i think a lot of pr comms people will say the same thing is that i use it for idea generation if i'm stuck on creating blogs or, or key messages or anything like that you can go in and provide the context for what you need and it will spit out options, right? It'll give you like nine or 10 different things that it could be. And so out of all of that, there's usually one or two things that you can be like, oh yeah, I get it. And you can take that and jump off and then and 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 create the the the, the detail around those things. Um because again, like I am a consultant, so time is money to me. So Mm-hmm. By being more efficient and being able to utilize ChatGPT to help me get started on things or create a framework or or create a sort of draft items that I can then take and make better in the Alyssa world, um, it's a huge win for me. And so I don't view it negatively in terms of like, oh my God, everybody's creating AI generated content. It's like, well... We've all used Google for decades and how many things have been pulled from Google and websites and all of that for the last, yeah, 20 years. And that's just normal to everyone now. And now suddenly mm-hmm. everyone's like, oh my God, like these AI people are coming up with um, content that we should be coming up with. And it's like, uh, well, I didn't think of it. And this per- this this <laughs> robot did. So good on them. Right. And it's yes. only going to help me provide better work and to my clients in a more efficient way. And again, because time is money to me, then I can save myself time, but I get to invoice at the same amount. So for example, I mean, I can be issuing, utilizing ChatGPT to create some key messaging for a client that might've taken me 
one or two hours to sort of put together previously. Now it might take me 20 minutes, but I still get to bill for that project at the rate that the project was. So yeah. 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 So who's, essentially who's the smarter like, one in the room here? Probably me <laughs> because that just made me right. more well, and to that end, like you might be asking yourself, okay, Alyssa, but what if a client decides they're just going to do that job for you? Here's here's the answer to that. I can't sit here and say for sure that this is the way the world is going to go because they are coming up with many ways to automate ChatGPT, Jasper, and other applications into things like TikTok, um, third-party posting softwares, and channels so that you can literally like not only produce content, but then schedule it. But there still needs to be a human being, in my opinion, like managing all of this and adding strategic direction to it. Mm -hmm. So at this point, I think if you're just coming out of school or you're new to your career and you've literally just started a copywriting business, I do hate to say it, but you may need to really relook at your business model. And maybe you need to pivot to something along the lines of project manager or virtual assistant or... And so you're not you're no longer a content creator or a writer. You are now somebody who manages these pieces and leads these pieces. And then for people like Alyssa and myself who have between, you know, 15, 20 plus years experience in the industry, we're billing for our expertise. We're billing for our knowledge. We're billing for the seven to 10 years that we've put into putting together processes, strategy. Um, growth trajectories um, and scaling plans for our clients. And so then where we'll want to look at scaling up and building out is who can we hire to kind of do the administrative pieces? So for myself, just a couple of tips that I've got in terms of things that you can do, some short-term optimization tactics for business growth. In addition to embracing tools for automation and... Um, making things easier on yourself and, and less of a time suck. Um, what I would highly recommend is looking into something like a virtual assistant or potentially, if you don't have a big budget, hiring um, like an intern for the summer or somebody out of school to that you can kind of show this new world to and lead them through it. And then that kind of brings me to like, well, then where is business going? Um, and I know Alyssa will have some stuff to say on this too. But this is why like the agency model just will not make sense moving forward. And I already know a couple of big agencies in Calgary who've literally abandoned their offices just over COVID because of the fact that everyone was working from home. And now, like I really hate to say it, but they're just not going to need as big of a team to get the same amount or volume of work done. Either that or they're going to keep the same team and they're going to... Rather than work with the billable hour, it's going to be billing for the expertise. So... I think when you are looking at your business, um, you know, over the next little bit here and trying to integrate these pieces, you need to be really focusing in on your model, particularly, and your margins and what what exactly is the value of of hiring you um, and how you're going to build that out. Is it? And really, I think depending on what you're doing, the the hourly model is kind of on its way out. Alyssa, what was that gentleman on LinkedIn? And what did he say? I, I felt like this was so perfectly... There's a there's a marketer on LinkedIn we both like. 
And he yeah, said this so perfectly. His name is Perry Hed- Hedwick. Um, he runs, he owns a, I think it's called Crackle PR out of Boston. And a lot of PR people follow him. He's really great. And he, he has totally changed. Like he, he truly believes that the entire PR sector needs to change. And, and he did an entire post on LinkedIn about, um, if you're, if you're an agency or you're a, um, any business, like even lawyers that are on a billable hour, your days are going to quickly come to an end because clients won't pay for that anymore. They they don't like, because like AI or any sort of automated system can do that work as we were just talking about. So therefore you cannot justify three hours of billable time to put together key messages that just won't fly anymore. And so he's a big proponent of of project-based billing and um, I've project-based billed since I started my company. And that's why, because you're paying for my expertise, not my time. And I, if it takes me 20 minutes to do something that, that has no effect on the client other than the fact I'm still providing quality work, but he's, he's of the mind where the people who are most panicked and sort of frightened, so to speak of this new AI model, especially from a, in the PR sector, are the ones that are that old school agency model who are hourly billing. They bring on like interns and a lot of like extraneous people so that these projects can get billed out in a in in the most effective manner. But what's happening now is that on the client side, people are getting much more much smarter about what you're being invoiced for these days and having on invoices about yeah, billable hours or agency fees or any of these sort of things that have just been the norm for the past decades are no longer going to be the norm. So when you are, like as Dakota was saying, if you're a solopreneur and run your own business like we do, um, I would never bill for my time because the entire purpose of why I run my own business and why I went out on my own is because I wanted to work harder or work smarter, not harder. So the entire purpose is I don't have to spend eight hours a day grueling at my computer unless it's required for a specific project, but that shouldn't disqualify me for being able to bring in dollars. So if I can get something done in a quarter of the time, that benefits me and technically benefits the client because they're getting quality work in a quicker turnaround, but yet they don't have to, their price is the same regardless. So I don't have to sort of vanity um, bill, like which a lot of people do. They will bump up their their hourlies to 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 show that they're working harder or whatever. I don't have to do any of that. And so therefore the entire AI model doesn't panic me because I'm not util- I'm not I'm not building my business on my time. I'm bu- I'm building my business on my expertise. And that's what clients hire me for is that I know my shit and not that it's going to take me eight hours instead of 12 hours to do it. They don't care and nor should they. 
Absolutely. And for those of you who are still billing hourly, because I do um, for some clients right now, for sure. I have one client who it just makes more sense for me to bill hourly because we're not entirely sure about scope yet. They've kind of brought me in to take over certain departments, um, but they've still got other ones that need a little help here and there. So for me to be able to do a project fee is... It's just like more work. So we've agreed upon a fee um, that makes sense for both of us. And then what I've gone ahead and done is built in my overhead into that hourly. And so sometimes it will make sense. But for the majority of it, it like retainer-based billing and project-based billing makes the most sense. Just because then you guys know what you're getting out of it. Now, that being said, I think you will still have to justify hours, right? Like, especially if you're doing retainer-based billing where you're like, hey, you're getting a certain amount of stuff every single month. So how do you navigate that? Well, I had a client the other day ask me, um, Dakota, why is your hourly for this one price? But then now that we've moved to retainer, it seems like your hourly has gone a little bit up. And the answer to that question was, they're getting a lot of extras by signing up for the retainer. Not only are they getting more access to things that we use to do the work, they're also getting more access to our team and our time. And so therefore, the hourly rate goes up a little bit because it's compensating for that expertise. It's a little bit of a hard thing to explain. So I would highly recommend understanding it yourself and and really like aligning with and believing in the fact that you're worth that so that you can explain it um, and being able to write it down on paper. But yeah, I think if you're charging vanity fees, as Alyssa said, such as, you know, printing fees or like just stuff that like lawyers and and agencies do. Like, no, I've never in my entire career charged a client for a phone call. I've never charged for an onboarding call. The only the only time spent with clients that I will charge for is in my retainer model where we're doing our monthly meetings and discovery sessions. And that Mm -hmm. is it. There's a certain amount of stuff that you frankly just have to do in order to make money and bring in business. Well, and that's the thing. It's, It's not on the client to manage our time and our finances. It's up to us. So therefore, um, if you're charging, uh, a project fee or retainer fee, um, how you do the work is irrelevant. So if you're charging the client a base, like a monthly retainer, and it's more effective for you to outsource some of the practical pieces or the sort of um, day-to-day pieces of their work, they you're entirely able to do that. And that doesn't change their cost at all, but it frees up your time to work on other things. And I think that's that's what we're getting into in terms of the 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 model of how we are running businesses now because of technology and because of like AI and virtual work now. Um we don't have to have a, a an administrative or an intern that's sitting next to us in an office. You can hire a virtual assistant from anywhere. You can work with a PR intern who's in school in Halifax, whatever. And and ultimately, it doesn't affect the client in any way and it only benefits them. But ultimately, you can choose to work from Portugal if you want to. Um, This is the benefit of all of the technology that is 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 uh, 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 
allowed or available to us in the, in this day and age is that it's totally changed how you can run your business. And you don't have to think that you need a brick and mortar office or that you need full-time staff or this, that, the other, and all the overhead that comes with that. It's like to be more effective and more efficient is looking at how the, the style of work has changed, especially in the last three years through COVID and that remote work, um, uh, and, and flexibility and all those things are important now. And so the how of doing your work and how you want to do your work shouldn't have any bearing on what the client or your customer sees in the end, because all they're going to see is the work that you produce for them. That's top quality, but how you did it with a virtual assistant in Missouri or whatever, totally irrelevant. And so they're just going to get their project bill, but how you arrive, how the project was completed Totally irrelevant. And that's why, like when in Dakota's example of how when she's when you if you're trying to transfer from an hourly to a retainer, it can be a weird conversation because people are expecting to see like an itemized list of everything you do. First of all, who has time for that? Like speaking of time wasters, is putting together your like hour, your billable hours and having to like account and remember to turn your timer on and all that nonsense. Again, just an inefficient and ineffective way to do business. And then you're having to have a hard conversation of them like being like, well, you used to charge this for this. And now it's like one center. It's like, yeah, again, what I charge or how I choose to do my business is not my client's business. Their business is to see the end quality product. You bet. No, I think think that that's all wonderful advice. And and we really hope that we kind (laughs) of quashed any fear that's been happening with this like certainly it it's going to i think change is hard like in any capacity in life um but like if you're going to commit to running your own business or being a solopreneur or even like in your job you've got to be aware and one of the best pieces of advice i ever received from somebody that i initially really didn't like and actually thought was poaching clients from me for a minute I ended up actually getting amazing advice from this person and I'll never forget what he said. He said, never be... Um, oh, of course, now I'm going to forget. Never be like... He didn't use the word stupid, but I'm just going to use it. Like stupid enough to think that tech can't completely wipe you out because it is literally the way of the world. And it's just the way that our world is going. So you have to, have to, have to figure out ways to integrate, integrate, integrate and try to be positive about it. Because at the end of the day, as Alyssa had said, like if you just are scared and unproductive about it and there's unproductive fear happening, like you're, that's when shit's going to go down. Yeah. And you're doing a disservice to your clients or your customers or any of that. If you're, if you are feeding into their panic and fear, you need to be the one that is advising them on the benefits and how all of these things can be beneficial and can provide more efficient work in a positive way and not a negative. And I'm not going to say that AI doesn't have massive, massive issues, but we, especially as communicators, need to understand that we we need to work with it as opposed to trying to work against it. Agree. 
And with that, as always, we'd really love your thoughts on AI. So throw us a DM at Ladies Who Launch Pod or throw us an email at ladieswholaunchpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you and we will address your questions in the next episode. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to Ladies Who Launch. Join Dakota and Alyssa every second Wednesday for more conversations and interesting guests. Be sure to give us a five-star rating and connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. If you send us a question, we may answer it on a future episode. 